Welcome to the Marvelicious Toys Podcast, hosted by the Astonishing Arnie, the Mighty Marjorie, and Captain Justin. Nah, just Justin. We bring you news and reviews of Marvel toys, statues, and more, because not all Marvel collections can be bagged and boarded. Join us at MarveliciousToys.com to find thousands of pictures of the items reviewed, find links to our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube pages, and much more. They're not just toys, they're Marvelicious! Hello, welcome to Marvelicious Toys, Volume 2, Episode 30. This is Marjorie. This is Ari. And this is Justin. And we're back with a new episode after that Sentinel review. And just to catch up on a couple of things that have been going on, this is our first time recording since seeing Doctor Strange. Justin, what do you think of that? Man, that feels like months ago already, doesn't it? But (laughs) I know, and yet it's only been a few weeks and it's coming out on Disney Plus already. I can't keep up with this new timeline of stuff. Wow. Yeah, I didn't realize it was coming out on digital that quickly, but... Yeah, I'm going to have to sit down and watch it again, but seeing in the theaters, I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, I think I've said it in the past, Doctor Strange as a character isn't my favorite. So like that first one, I didn't really care too much about the origin story of Doctor Strange, but he's grown on me over the last few movies where he's not the main focus. And by the time we get to this second version, we know Doctor Strange well enough that it's not like, oh, let's get to know him. And it was, it was a good time. Like, I really enjoyed it. I think this really just solidified my opinion that he is only good as part of an ensemble because this is really the Scarlet Witch movie that we needed, I think. And Elizabeth Olsen was fantastic in this movie. And she's fantastic in everything I've seen her in. But I think Doctor Strange needs other play- people to play off of in order to continue because he's not good solo like he was in his origin film. Yeah, that's, that's such a good point. I mean, Elizabeth Olsen was awesome in this. And even though... It's kind of heartbreaking to see her go so dark because I hope I hope she sticks around in the MCU for a while and it's like hopefully we can redeem her somehow or if it's going to be some sort of multiverse thing where we get a different version of her or whatever but I don't want to see her gone from the big screen is what I'm saying. I'm not convinced the death scene was a death scene. Right. Didn't see a body. That's the rule, isn't it? If you don't see a body? Yeah. I guess I'm saying like yeah, I mean not saying for sure that oh that's an on-screen death but that's what they want you to think. But also the thing she does in this movie is just like, whoa, even if she is alive, are we ever going to be able to redeem her? I mean, is she a redeemable character at this point? She was she was straight up vaporizing, you know, sorcerers. Yeah. Didn't they kind of repeat the same arc as WandaVision, though? Ooh, I did bad things. Oh, my God, I'm the monster. OK, I'm going to redeem myself and undo what I've done. And she did that exact same arc here in Doctor Strange. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> One or the other, folks. <laughs> I can see that criticism, but at the same time, it does go along with her character, though. It's like, WandaVision was about her dealing with the loss of vision and not dealing with it well. And in that process, she gained some children, and so this is now her not dealing with the loss of those children. Like, going all out to try to find those and make that a reality. I don't like that you had to have watched the Disney Plus series to kind of get what was going on. Because if you didn't watch that, you'd kind of be like, where these kids come from? What's going on? What's Westview? So I don't necessarily like how they tie that in. You know what I mean? It shouldn't be required. They should exist separately. I get it and I don't. I think you need to make those series matter in order to get people to tune in. If you make them feel optional, then 
people can feel like I'll skip that. Yeah, I mean, I feel both of those points of view. Like Disney needs to have some sort of like way of letting us know what is required viewing going in. I mean, we're we're going to watch most everything because I keep going into some of these things thinking like, okay, Loki's going to tie in somehow. Nope, still not yet. Nothing new has tied into Loki. It was near syllabus, that's all. Required reading, this will be on the final exam. And optional mm-hmm. reading, this will just make you smarter. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they didn't kill Wong. I thought for sure going in that Wong was going to be a sacrificial lamb because he's been around long enough that we'd miss him. And yet he's never been vital enough that it feels like you'd be taking away a key building block of the universe. And because Hasbro made a figure of him, I got thinking about when we interviewed Hot Toys years ago, back when Guardians of the Galaxy 2 came out. And I said, you know, you did a Yondu, but you didn't do a Mantis. So how come no Mantis figure? And they're like, well, we'll probably have a chance to do Mantis again sometime in the future. This is Yondu's goodbye. And I'm like, oh my God, now I see all figures through that prism. Was this Hasbro's last chance at Wong? So that's why we finally got Wong as they're killing him. But it turned out, no, he's going to stick around for another tuna melt and some more Tide ads. Yeah. And, you know, I'm glad we finally got Wong. But the figure we got, he's got such bright colors on him. And that feels a little out of place because most screen time that we see him, he's more and more of like drab, earthy tones. And we have one figure and he's like, it almost feels like he's at like a Diwali celebration or something with all the bright colors. (laughs) (laughs) I love that this movie was so Sam Raimi, though. I mean, if you've seen Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, Dark Man, it definitely fits in here when you get with the zombie strange. And I am so happy Hot Toys is coming out with zombie Doctor Strange with all of those flying demons attached. Did you see that figure? It was just announced as of this recording, Justin. Yeah, that's, I mean, leave it to Hot Toys to get, you know, the corroded cheek gunk (laughs) detail in there. (laughs) That's something, I mean, Hasbro has come close. They did that zombie cap from the What If If series, but it was kind of bluish and cartoonish. I don't think they could do a justified realistic Doctor Strange zombie figure. I think that might be a little beyond, and but maybe they'll prove me wrong. Maybe they'll do it someday, but that would just be too awesome. I'm just glad Hot Toys did it. Yet another zombie. Hot Toys just keeps adding zombie characters, zombie Iron Man, zombie Captain America, zombie Doctor Strange. I think there's yeah. a fourth one out there, but anytime somebody shows up undead, even if it's a dream sequence... They're going to now give us that Marvel zombie version. Yeah, isn't that interesting? It's like, if you had asked me three, four years ago if they would have ever gone into the zombie stuff in the MCU, I'd have been like, I don't know, maybe. And if they do, it could be under like a what if or whatnot. And they kind of did it there. That was true zombies. But in Spider-Man, we got that nightmare sequence with Iron Man popping out of the grave. And now we get these, eh, I don't want to call them zombies in Doctor Strange, because they're not. They're puppeteered corpses i guess (laughs) to a certain degree but it's i mean it all plays the same right it's decaying formerly living people reanimated (laughs) formerly living people (laughs) that's the politically correct term now they're formerly living they get very upset if you call them dead i'm sorry life challenge (laughs) i just want to point out and give a shout out to elizabeth olsen for having the much better use of her hands and fingers than Doctor Strange did, where on the movie poster, he looks like he's going to a rock concert. 
And she actually has these, like, really... She can, like, contort her fingers in, like, these weird menacing positions. Like, she's really going to get something. And I think she won that battle of this movie of having the scarier hands. So Mark went down for Elizabeth Olsen in the hand acting category. Yeah, it's way better than Doctor Strange's little circles and opening Jedi doors and things. <laughs> I gotta say, though, I'm looking forward to watching this again when it hits streaming. I enjoyed this movie enough to see it three times in theaters, and I'd like to have it on again and catch up, watch the musical note battle again out of, what is that, Fantasia? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty fun. And like you said, you know, the Sam Raimi-ness of it was fun too, you know. It wasn't it wasn't overdone, but it was enough there to be, all right, this is a Sam Raimi thing. And of course, Bruce Campbell pops up as a <laughs> hot dog vendor. Pizza balls. Oh yeah, pizza balls. He caused so much confusion at the end for the very last scene. People were like, I don't get it. It's over. What's there to get? The movie's over. Yeah, I know. <laughs> a lot of people, if you didn't know Sam Raimi, you didn't get the Bruce Campbell bit, but... Why is that guy from Burn Notice in a Marvel movie? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Briscoe County Jr.? That was 30 years ago. People frantically looking for some kind of connection, <laughs> like researching and going to see Spider-Man 1 and 2 and looking for him. Did he come from the multiverse? Was he the French waiter in Spider-Man 3? <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I think the biggest thing that this movie does is that whole sequence in the multiverse where we get the Illuminati Council and we get to see Charles Xavier, Professor X, actually straight out of the 90s X-Men looking thing in his gold chair and his green suit. And we even get, get Jim from the office as Mr. Fantastic. That's pretty awesome. Did you notice that when Professor X came in, the score played some of the 90s animated X-Men theme? Yeah, that was awesome. And that's something that they've been playing around with in Spider-Man movies too, you know, like there's a little bit of the hint of the Spider-Man cartoon music in those movies, too. So I love when they do stuff like that. Yeah, and Tony Stark's ringtone was da-da-da, da-da-da. <laughs> Iron Man, not Spider-Man, but I realize they sound uh, similar themes. <laughs> but yeah, that, that opens up all kinds of implications, too. It's like, how many of these actors might return to play those same characters in the timeline that we're used to? How many of them are just gone? I mean... I, I don't necessarily want to see Black Bolt back, but, you know. <laughs> That's the same Black Bolt that played in the series. That is Anson Mount, the same actor who was Black Bolt in the absolute worst Marvel production of all time. He came back to put on the spandex and make fun of himself, I think. <laughs> I think it's very telling that no one's talking about America Chavez, really. I mean, I think the actress was great. and I think she did a really good job. But it seems as if her part of the movie didn't really stick out or strike with a lot of people. And I honestly forgot about that whole events of her until I looked at the movie poster again. Yeah, and I, I wonder how much of that was by design, though. Like, I don't know how much we're supposed to, like, jump on board with her as a character or just understand that her abilities are what's going to be the kickoff point for this adventure. It's just so weird that at the end of the movie, she's like... I'm going to stay in this random universe and learn to be a wizard instead of I'm going to go find my parents in the multiverse. Right. <laughs> it was like, that's the obvious ending for this character. I've learned to use my powers now. I'm going to go find my parents. No, it's I've learned to use my powers now. Let me hang out with Dr. Strange and Wong. <laughs> it's kind of the opposite of going off to college. It's like, well, I'm going to go to college and then I'll go find my parents. 
<laughs> but you know what hit me? And maybe this will change at Comic-Con in a couple weeks. But we don't know what the Marvel Universe is going to be after next year. We know somewhere out there in the vague future, they've said they're doing Fantastic Four, and they've said they're doing something with Blade. Mm -hmm. But we know next year brings us Guardians Volume 3. We know we've got Thor Love and Thunder coming up, and the Marvels with three Captain Marvels in it. Mm -hmm. And we know we've got a handful of TV shows, Loki Season 2 and whatnot, but this, I believe, is the first time in the history of the MCU that we don't know what's coming two years from now. We don't know what's coming three years from now. Yeah, I mean, like you said, there's a lot of projects on the timeline, but I don't see anything that's like a tentpole event that like we should be looking forward to from this point on. I don't even know. Obviously, the end of Doctor Strange implies there's going to be a Doctor Strange 3 with Charlie's Theron. Oh, yeah. But when? <laughs> you know, it's like there's not been even an announcement of a Doctor Strange 3 or a Shang-Chi 2 or an Eternals 2 or anything with any of these characters. And Eternals kind of was left on a cliffhanger with Black Knight and Blade. and Yeah, it very much feels like we're still in the throwing spaghetti at the wall phase of this next phase and seeing what sticks. So I, I guess the question we need to ask, though, does every single Marvel movie we get need two and three sequels? I mean, do we really need another Shang-Chi? Do we need another Doctor Strange for any reason? A, a solo movie? Can they introduce new characters instead? Well, they did with Shang-Chi. How'd that go over for you? Which new character? Shang-Chi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he, was perfectly, he was perfectly acceptable. Nothing against the actor or the character. It was just wasn't... I don't know, it just didn't have the je ne sais quoi of the Infinity Stone saga. Yeah, maybe you're feeling the same thing I am, which is, I know we need new characters, but I don't necessarily need new movies to introduce all new characters. Like, I wouldn't mind if they just kind of fold them in to the existing story that's going on, but instead we're getting the opposite. We're getting introductions and no through line that makes you care about all of these. Well, we know Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania is what's going to bring Kang into the universe. Maybe they're playing coy, and like once Kang is here, they're going to unleash three years' worth of titles for us, and it's like, it's all about Kang now. Yep. Yeah, get a secret invasion. Well, secret invasion's on TV next year. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I want to point out that this all goes back to after Guardians was a sleeper hit, like the surprise hit, and SNL made fun of it when Chris Pratt hosted about how they're going to have the lady from the bus who won't stop talking as the next Marvel superhero. Winter Pam. How can you forget about Winter Pam? I mean, that's kind of how I feel it is with the new movies coming out. And I just don't feel that they're going to have this big shared experience like we had with the others because that was huge. I mean, Endgame was a worldwide phenomenon. And I don't know that they're going to be able to recapture that magic with some of these characters and some of these movies because people aren't necessarily going to grow and love them like they did in the other ones. Does that make sense? Well, that kind of is a good segue to the next topic here. You know, when we met last time, Moon Knight was coming to an end. And Justin, you said that the show had you in the beginning, kind of lost you in the middle, and we were looking forward to the end and you said it grabbed you again. What's your, like, feeling now that we're looking back on that? <laughs> 
I liked it as a show. I really did. It was it was a fun show to watch. And like I said, it was kind of a roller coaster. I was like, I was enjoying it where it was going. Then it kind of lulled out. And then they, they took a hard right turn. And it was like, oh my God, how much of this is actually real? How much of this is psychosis and all that stuff? And we end up in the underworld. That was neat. But at the end of the day, it goes back to what we're saying here. It's like, does it mean anything to the bigger picture? Other than we now know who Moon Knight is. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too is it was okay but it wasn't phenomenal it, it was lesser than I wanted it to be I was so excited because it was the chance to introduce a new hero through TV and it felt like they were making a bigger movie versus a TV series and I was so excited for that and when it ended I was like it was a show I like Moon Knight as a character I can't say that this was the perfect showcase I thought I wanted for him. Yeah, and Moon Knight has always been a comic book favorite. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's a character that I feel works really well on the drawn page. And bringing him to life is always going to be tricky. Especially in the MCU. Everything, I hesitate to say, is grounded in realness. But there is a realness to the MCU, which is kind of why we all like it. But Moon Knight is off in this other realm. I'm talking about the underworld and Egyptian gods and all that stuff. It always felt disconnected from what we've been seeing on screen. And so there's still going to be, if they bring him into the movies and stuff, I feel like there's going to be some sort of merging that needs to be done. That can't just be, because they, it feels of a different universe watching this show for one than it does watching, say, just Doctor Strange. They feel like disparate universes to me. I think that you touched on something really important there, Justin, is that maybe... It's not for every single character to be on the big or small screen. I mean, obviously some work better on the small and some work on the big screen better. But maybe just because it works in a comic book doesn't mean it's going to be a, a great TV show or a great movie. And they don't have to make movies out of all these or TV shows. And maybe just develop, you know, the ones that do work. Because as I kind of feel like what they're doing is the whole spaghetti thing now is just like, people love this character. Let's make a show or let's make a movie. It's... A problem of they need content now. They need to fill slots. They need to push subscribers to Disney Plus. So they've got to have, you know, five or six Disney Plus series a year so that there's something new most weeks out of the year. They'll give us like a month off between shows, but we've got Ms. Marvel started up now. And that's a show clearly not aimed at me. I don't mind saying that. That is just going for a much younger demographic, but they've got to fill the slots and they're going to get up. They've said they're, we don't know what movies there are, but they have four dates reserved for Marvel movies in 2024. So they're going to do four movies a year, six TV shows a year. You got to start mining the depths, right? You've got to start going to the, I mean, Iron Man was a C-lister when they brought him up and made him a superstar. But, I mean, how long is it going to be before Darkhawk the series? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we're probably two years out from really having a strong grasp on what Disney Plus can do and will do. Because, I mean, early Disney Plus, they didn't know what they were going to do. They kind of threw some stuff out there and then they started realizing, okay, fans are going to interact with this in a certain way. And then COVID hit. So it was like, oh, geez, okay, everything's got to slow down. We've got to do things smaller now. And now we're kind of coming out of that. Now we can see what type of chances they're willing to take on the small screen and the streaming services. All that said, 
I still could not be happier. We got a first official trailer for Love and Thunder, not just a teaser, and I'm just so excited for this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Marjorie, you kind of hinted at it already. It's like, how did how did Thor and the Guardians become my two favorite properties in all of MCU? Five years ago, I would have said, yeah. eh, yeah. but now, heck yeah. Well, do you remember, Justin, that I think Arnie had been in Hall H, and we were walking back after that. Or maybe we all had been in there, and we're like, a talking tree? A raccoon? This is never going to work. <laughs> this is going to be terrible. Oops. It was fantastic. But... I just remember that conversation and how wrong we were. Well, I think what happened was they gave Chris Hemsworth a personality other than boring. And I think he's really good at comedy and he's got good comedy timing and rhythm. And I think that getting Taika Waititi in there, who kind of is good at that too, that tongue-in-cheek kind of comedy, that it helped make Thor a hell of a lot more enjoyable than it was. Also, Corgan Meek. And Guardians, James Gunn, I mean... He's completely playing it ridiculous there, and it's working. I mean, I love Rocket Raccoon. I mean, who thought that would happen after... If, like, if you told everyone, oh, everybody's going to love this talking tree and this sassy raccoon and then this loser and a green lady, it never would have worked, but it worked perfectly. And they're embracing it, too. Like, Disney just opened up a new Guardians experience ride down in, in Orlando, which looks really awesome. And I was in Disneyland in February, and their Tower of Terror there is an overlay of the Guardians now. So, like, you are, you're on the Tower of Terror, and, like, every floor you stop at, there's a video playing, and it's all of the Guardian stuff, and it's got a whole Guardian storyline going on. So, I mean, it's it's something the generations are picking up on, too. Yeah, I mean, I think Guardians appeals to everybody, and I think a lot of it does now, too. I'm curious to see Guardians 3 and how that goes, and I'm really curious about Thor... Four, because he's the first one to get four. I'm really scared about Guardians 3. I'm really scared. Why? I have a feeling Rocket Raccoon will <gasps> be no more. That's just a feeling. Ooh. Okay, now, the fan theory is if you look at the logo they use for the posters, each color that's highlight, there's a color highlighted in each one. Like, two was blue and Yondu died. And three is orange. And people are taking that to mean that Rocket's going to die. Oh, man. All I know is James Gunn said that Rocket Raccoon is his character, like the character closest to him in personality and the one he puts himself most into. And he kind of viewed the trilogy as Rocket's arc. <clears throat> and when he was fired from part three, he was really upset that he wouldn't be able to finish Rocket's story that he'd had planned out since part one. And then he said, part three, I am 100% done. And so is he going to take his character with him when he goes? You know what I'm saying? He's nope, nope. A little piece of his tail is going to break off and we're going to get a baby <laughs> rocket. <laughs> He's killed somebody in every movie. I mean, yeah, it's sort of what he did. It's Groot went and then Yondu went. And so who's next? Although maybe Drax because Bautista's like... F Marvel, man. I'm done with Marvel. <laughs> Why is he done with Marvel? All that makeup work, man. That's like eight hours oh, in the yeah. chair. <laughs> That's true. That is pretty... He, he basically told him where to go when they fired James Gunn, and he didn't want to do Guardians 3 without James Gunn, and then when What If happened... He wasn't even asked back to do the voice of Drax. He was like the only person not asked 
And when people tweeted him, like, Dave, how come you didn't do the voice of Drax? He's like, because Marvel didn't ask me. Oh, man. And so he's feeling a little, it seems, my interpretation, he's feeling a little butt hurt that they didn't want him when they got Josh Brolin and they got Jeff Goldblum and they got so many other people back from the main cast, but they didn't feel they needed Bautista. Yeah. I mean, they got everybody. I mean, everybody but Chris Evans, it felt like, was was back for that. Unfortunately, even Sebastian Stan. Not a good voice actor. <laughs> but let's move on. Let's talk some Marvelicious toys instead of just Marvelicious media. Uh, surprise, I actually got to save a little bit of money. I canceled an international order <laughs> because Jigsaw hit on Walgreens.com. That's right. You went in on that Zavi order where it was a little bit more expensive and a little bit more to ship. $28 a figure, though, versus $24 at Walgreens and $8 shipping versus free. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it saved me 16 bucks, but I have the figure in hand. I'm kind of glad... I forgot I ordered it at Zavi, and Zavi sent an email saying these shipments will be delayed, and I'm like, oh, yeah, cancel that order. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's weird to see how these Walgreens exclusives go, even just within Hasbro's different teams. I mean, there's also a Star Wars Black Series exclusive right now at Walgreens, which wasn't going to go on the website, and you had to go to stores to find it. So, of course, I hit a bunch of stores looking around for it, found a few... And then, Arnie, the other day you sent me a link to just buy it online pretty easily. But this <laughs> jigsaw was the other way. Not showing up in stores, popped up on the website, ordered, and have it within a day and a half. Yeah, I can't believe how fast mine got here. And shout out to Walgreens. You may suck for getting the figures, but if you get the figures, they don't show up crushed, which is more than I can say for Target and Walmart. Yeah, they seem to have somebody over there that cares. Like, I've... This time it didn't happen. It was, I got two in a box with some, with some air pillows in there. But in the past, I've had orders from Walgreens show up with individually bubble wrapped figures. Mm -hmm. I have too. I thought it was an eBay purchase and I opened it up. I'm like, oh wait, that's the Walgreens figure I ordered yesterday. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad they're making use of this new suited body that they made for Happy. You know, on that bigger buck. The double-breasted suit? Yeah. I mean, it's different overlays for different ties and different undershirts and stuff like that. But that bigger body is working out. I mean, we got we got Hammerhead in it, and now we've gotten a couple more, so. So Jigsaw is puffy? I haven't opened mine. Is he, like, carving up? I mean, is this the Happy Hogan chunky body? Yeah, but it doesn't feel like it. Maybe it's because it's the white. You know, it doesn't feel like it's a beefy boy under there. It just kind of feels more like a muscle type of guy. Okay. Yeah, because I'm like, from the pictures, I haven't opened mine yet, but looking at the front of the card and from the pictures, I don't get that he's thick. Yeah, he's, he's not a super thick boy, but it, you know, maybe a different underlay under there helps it out, but it's that wider shoulder buck. And with all these staples on the face and the ripped up lip, if they could do that, they could probably do zombie Doctor Strange. <laughs> Is he wearing a dog collar? He's got something around his neck. Looks like maybe a priest collar. Did he fake being a priest? That's what it looked like in the in hand, too, but it's like a silver mm -hmm. neck thing. And figures I should have played the long game on, hitting stores last week. Marjorie, you found the Eternals figures at a record low price of $2.88. I did, at a Walmart, yes. 
$2.88. I think that's the Walmart by our house, actually, too. So, yeah. And they had a lot of them. Like, it went all the way back on that shelf. It wasn't just two of them. It was all of them. And it was variety. Even the exclusive Ajax is there, too. Yeah. Both of those exclusives. Target had one, too, of the Angelina Jolie character. And I've seen that on clearance as well, too. So, they either overproduced this line or there was a severe lack of interest in that line. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's good to see them starting to hit clearance so we can get through them now, though, right? Like, I feel like we've been with the Eternals eternally now at retail. For $3 a piece, I'm looking at them like, okay, can I custom anything? But they're all so uniquely detailed that they're not even good for customs. No, I did see somebody one time take a um, that Villains Wave, more comic actor, Dormammu, head and put it on and i'm so bad with these characters i can't remember but the kid that had the black outfit on almost looked like a hellraiser type outfit mm -hmm. and put the dormammu head on that and that looked like a pretty cool custom easy to do just a head swap but most legends aren't going down in price they're going up to the point that you can now find different waves at different prices right next to each other you want thor he's 25 dollars. you want sleepwalker he's 23 dollars <laughs> Yeah, those price increases are coming pretty quick, wave by wave, it seems like. And you can see the Doctor Strange wave right next to it. There's no figures on the peg, but it was $22. <laughs> I guess it's going up a dollar a wave. <laughs> What's the out price? When is it too much? I mean... Well, to buy the whole wave, like, my days of finding a whole wave at the store and being like, ooh, 25 bucks each, that adds up to one big purchase. It does. It's hard to believe that, like, they were 15 when we started this. Yeah. Don't want to think about those days. Those those are the Halcyon days. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's getting to that point where, man, if they go any higher, then I'm going to have to start thinking about if I love a wave enough to get the whole thing, you know? I know. And of course, let's not get too morose, but everything costs more, which means you have less money for Legends. And so, mm -hmm. less money for Legends, and Legends costing more. That just means they're going to have to make every Build-A-Figure so enticing that you just can't skip them. Rintra and Korg pulled that off. I can't say that about every Build-A-Figure they've done. <laughs> Switching gears a little bit, I'm in a Marvel Select Facebook group, and people are freaking out about the Watcher re-release. This was a figure I bought ten years ago. And when I bought him 10 years ago, I think he was already almost 10 years old. Mm. And I got him off eBay. And they finally re-released him. You know, of course, they couldn't for a number of years because you couldn't make anything associated with Fantastic Four. And after 20 years, my watcher has gotten kind of sticky. And dust is really sticking to him. And he's just kind of, the plastic is breaking down a little bit. And so people were freaking out about the re-release of Watcher because new figures were selling for like 150 on eBay. And they undershipped. My order got canceled for my Watcher figure replacement. I couldn't believe it, but I ordered day one only to find out, yeah, we're not going to be able to get him for you. And I'm like, damn it, I should have ordered a case. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes, now you got me thinking I need to check my pre-order that I put in. Was that like a year and a half ago already? That this <laughs> It's been like a year. There's been delays on this figure coming out. But in my Marvel Select group, a lot of people are posting, I broke down and went to eBay where he's selling for 60 bucks. And a lot of people are posting that they found him in their local comic store. Well... 
a friend of ours, John, took us to a local comic store we didn't know about called Madness Games and Comics. Place is freaking huge. Bigger than Midtown. Bigger selection than Midtown Comics. They had the Sentinel there for $700, making me real glad I didn't wait on that and have to buy it secondhand market. (laughs) But they had nine Watcher figures there at retail. So I was able to snag a Watcher finally. Nice. I I I thought you were going to say they had nine at retail. Now they have two. (laughs) I almost bought two. You know, it was so tempting to buy two. I was carrying around two. I was getting ready to justify it to Marjorie at checkout. And then I'm like, (laughs) you know, I can do one. I can do one. And so I put the other one back. Nice. Save it for the next collector. And this is the watcher I really want because I know Hasbro did a build a figure of one recently, but I'm not a fan of that watcher design that they did for the What If show. And when they showed they were going to do that one for the Build-A-Figure, I was really let down. And the Marvel Select one's pretty much the scale that a -A Build-A-Figure watcher would be, so I was really happy to get my hands on this one. After we're done with the show, I'm going to check my pre-order. I might send you back there. But anyone in the Dallas area, check out Madness Comics and Games. Amazing store. I could have spent a lot of money there. A lot of classic Marvel Legends from Toy Biz under some glass there. As cheap as $20 and up from there. A couple of nice two-pack face-off sets for a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, nowadays it feels like comic stores are almost like eBay showrooms because most comic stores are, you know, online now and they know what things go for. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, I feel like the days of old where you can walk in and accidentally find something that they don't know that they have for a good price are probably long gone. But this reminds you why you do need to keep going in those places. It's like, oh, they get shipments of the new stuff in sometimes well before pre-orders ship from online retailers. I also picked up a set of four Beast Kingdom Bro Thor figures just because they were too awesome to skip. Bro Thor asleep, Bro Thor with Mjolnir, Bro Thor with like chips and salsa on his belly. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, this, I can't say the prices were better than eBay, but there's something nice about looking at something in your own hands before you buy it, which you can never do with eBay. Mm -hmm. Every eBay purchase is a roll of the dice. A, will they pack it right? B, will it smell like a carton of cigarettes? C, does it look as good in person as it did in the photos? And so I'd rather spend the same money or even, you know, 10% more to get something in person. That's why I love going to toy shows and things is I'm not going to necessarily save a bunch. I might save a little, but I get to judge it for myself and say, this is in good condition and I'll feel more comfortable carrying it home than shipping. Definitely. And finally, what's in your pants? It's like the Capital One version of... <laughs> Marvelicious toys here. Is that a super soldier in your pants, or are you just happy to be here? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, our friend Robbie sent this to me because it's not often you see action figures on men's boxer briefs. At Nordstrom. Yeah, Nordstrom Rack, yeah. And here's the great thing. I did my research on this. This is 100% the Toy Biz superhero line Captain America figure. Look at the stripes, look at the shield, look at how they've got the red stripe down the middle, look at how it's got scales on the chest. They've really turned him almost purple. He's so blue, but it is that exact figure, and it's that exact comic background that you've got there. 
Yeah, with the the blue and yellow star banner at the top. Mm Mm-hmm. They didn't use the same comic art, because with the figure is Happy Cap, and this is Something's Angry in My Underwear Cap. But but I couldn't believe it. Well, the way they're arranged there, you got the figure on one side and the comic art on the other side. It's like you almost got, like, guards for your boys. (laughs) (laughs) If you have America's ass, you need this underwear. I just couldn't believe it when Marjorie sent me that picture. I'm like, I know that action figure. And I double-checked just to make sure it wasn't the current Marvel Retro 3 and 3 quarter inch 5 POA figure. But I'm like, wait a sec, no, there's knee joints on that figure. I mean, they even got the articulation marks right. That is a photo of figures printed on underwear. (laughs) It is. That's pretty awesome. Maybe, Maybe someday we'll be getting Marvel Legends on our boxers. That'd be fun. And finally... Hasbro, this would be a couple weeks ago by the time you're listening to this, but the Pulse Power Day sales event happened. Are you familiar with this, Justin? You were out of town at a hockey game. I was, and I, you know, I briefly, I got the notification, I briefly kind of looked, and it's like, I have all this stuff and didn't really think about it, and then a little while later, I start seeing people posting what they were, and I'm like, oh, you know, I didn't even think about those 20th anniversary figures getting another Hulk for a good price, and, you know, some of these other things. Yeah, like... Like, apparently, Arnie was smart enough to do. (laughs) Look at these prices. That Hulk, which was $44, and I'm going to say a hefty price at $44, even for a big figure, $26.50. Wow. That MODOK, that Marjorie, you absolutely love. Yeah. And I really like $75, Hascon exclusive for $45 with the Captain figure. I bring this up, but I know it's too late to save, but... Does that mean this stuff isn't selling because they didn't have the newest waves of figures here? This is not that old, though. I mean, that Hulk figure just shipped two, three months ago. Yeah, not even like the Iron Man is the one that shipped first, you know, and then Hulk, I feel like started shipping, you know, about a month ago. So, yeah, I don't know if they're not selling or they like we talked about earlier overproduced or maybe they just, you know, they popped them into this sale because every place you look. Cap and Hulk are sold out. Those are very popular. And I'm surprised they even had them here to keep in stock at a half off. Yeah, 40% off. I'm like, okay, I'm getting myself some quick openers here. And Marjorie, your shelf was looking pretty bare without Elvis Modoc on it. So I haven't opened him yet. So <laughs> I got you one you could just rip right open and not even care about the box. Yay. They also must have released the restriction on purchasing that Modoc Elvis too, because there's been a few times that I was like, oh, he's still in stock. Maybe I'll grab another one, put it in your cart. And it's like, nope, you've already purchased the maximum limit of this. Mm-hmm. And me, because Marjorie wanted her own, I had a friend of ours in Springfield, Illinois, order some for me and mail it to me <laughs> to get around the two limit. And man, I why would people not buy Elvis Modoc? It was... I can't believe that a Legends exclusive Hascon, which has been the placeholder for SDCC exclusives, to sit around for, God, eight months? I feel really bad for MODOK. I think it really speaks to the FOMO people use to buy things when it's an in-person event. If that would have been something we were picking up at Comic-Con, posting pictures of, and it, you know, everybody at the show got what they wanted. Then a few weeks later, everybody's like, oh, geez, I wish I would have got that. Like, there's an element of that that is missing when it's just like, oh, it's going up online. Order it when you want. I just, 
I like these lines of figures, the 20th anniversary. Like them better if they included a comic like the old Toy Biz ones, but the backdrops are okay. And that I was able to get these almost half off just was a stunner. Yeah, but seeing these checkout pages from you and other people online are, is where I got the FOMO. I was like, God oh, darn it, I wish I would have paid attention to that a little bit better at the time. But I went there within an hour of the sale going on. I got to admit, they started it at 8 o'clock in the morning my time, and they sent an email on like Thursday night, be ready at 8 a.m., and I'm like, no, that's early. I do not like that. <laughs> so I woke up, you know, I didn't check my email first thing. I'm awake at 8 a.m. I do have a job. <laughs> but around 9 a.m. I checked my phone and looked at email and I'm like, let me see what they have on sale. And already in the sale but sold out, all the damn troop builders. Now, I don't know if they were ever in stock because I've not been able to buy them because of that limit too. But Come on, Hasbro, you gotta fix this troop builder thing. Nobody troop builds two of them. Nobody should have a troop builder and be like, two hand ninjas, that's all you ever need. Well, and especially since that's the whole idea of that line, is to like get people who didn't have a chance to get most of these figures the first time around, because they were either hard to find or in a two-pack or whatever, and then it's like, okay, well, we're getting rid of all the packaging, we're just throwing it in a box with a picture on it, and we can make as many as we want. All of them, like you said, are always sold out. Yeah. The point of these should be stock up. And this should be almost pure profit for Hasbro. They're not going to stores. It's just Pulse. They're cheaper than regular figures. They don't have nice packaging. I mean, a lot of them have very few accessories. Look at the scroll. He comes with his Dyson hairdryer and that's it. <laughs> but the Shield Agent 2-pack is loaded with stuff. And it's still about 16 a figure, 17 a figure. That's a great price as we were just talking about what regular figures are costing. But you limit two. I get it. Everybody should have a chance. Start with a limit of two. But don't stop making these. Keep producing these. Sell more of these. Mm -hmm. Look at the damn eBay prices on these things. Holy cow. Yeah, a scroll for $45. No, I mean, isn't the point that I'm supposed to get a scroll for $17? <laughs> They're literally going for double to triple on eBay. The Hand Ninja, $40 buy it now. And this is the cheapest ones. I sorted by lowest price. Wow. Yeah, I, I have to think that they're aware of this and, you know, it's just a matter of finding the production times to get in with all the other lines that they're doing. But I would bet that the Hasbro team would love to have these stocked at all times. They need to. Wherever the pipeline is, I don't know if they need to go next door and knock on the door of the Pulse people and be like, we're leaving money on the table. You know how many hand ninjas I bought at full price of the one in the stilt man wave. And yes, half of it was stilt man legs, but mm. the other half was hand ninja. <laughs> and yet I can only have two gray ones amidst all the red. <laughs> right. It's like a palette swap. It's like the gray ones are the elite ones in the old video games where, you know, you just go through all the cheap guys and then you'd find the one of the different color and all of a sudden he's a boss. <laughs> Total double dragon move right there. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking of. But yeah, I would have so stocked up at especially 40% off, but I'd be buying at regular price. I just can't bring myself to pay these eBay prices for them. Nah, and I, I would say patience. We've talked to him in the past about this, and I have to be 
assured that they know about this as an issue and there have to be plans to keep it going. I mean, it's extra money for them. It's no new molds. It's literally just turning the machines back on and taking the cash. Like the Dukes at the end of Trading Places. Turn the machines back on! (laughs) But the main topic here, I kind of pissed off at Dan and at Dwight. Uh Uh-oh. These guys did a live stream on Instagram. And damn it, they left me nothing to beg them for at Comic-Con. And I'm not even joking. Like, they went down a list of figures, and every single one of them is on my I ask for these pretty regularly line. (laughs) And they thought that they had sidestep you by doing it on Instagram rather than regular YouTube thing. Like, maybe Arnie won't even be watching here. (laughs) I mean, how many times have I asked them? And it's not always when the cameras are going. I often just chit-chat with these guys. And I'm like, you know, you've come out with several Mr. Fantastics. It doesn't take much to put a bag on the head. (laughs) How can I get my bombastic bag man? Now, they're going to screw me a little bit. It's going to be a Target exclusive, so it's not going to be that easy, and I may get it crushed. But the figure I have been really wanting for a long time, I love this issue. It's when Peter Parker gets separated from the Venom symbiote, and he's naked at the Fantastic Four because he didn't bring clothes. (laughs) And they put the kick me sign on his back, and he's got a swing through the streets in this outfit but i mean come on it's a very easy swap or repaint and they finally have done it but in the retro line this is the first time of making him as a legend they only had him in the three and three quarter inch universe line yeah that's what i was gonna say to me this is a fun throwback to the beginning of you know our show back in the day when when this was a marvel universe figure that was hard to get because it was a variant back then it was one of the Spider-Man variants that you couldn't necessarily order online. You had to find it on the pegs. That's right. Back when you could. Yep. And they went above and beyond. I love that they put the Lycra straps under his heel. <laughs> like you have, I don't know. They seem to be more in women's clothes. Marjorie, what are, what are those things to keep your pant leg straight? No, that's not a regular thing. In the 80s, there was these horrid fashion things called stirrup pants. And it was pants with stirrups like that. And they were awful. They were hideous. They were a pain in the ass to wear because they bunched up in your shoe. I mean, think about having to walk on part of your pants and your shoe all the time. It's like being a kid in the winter when you got to put on like a sweater and then a hoodie and then your winter coat. Like one of those sleeves isn't making it all the way to the end. It's going to get bunched (laughs) up in there. (laughs) Then they announce a figure that... I absolutely love, it's one of my little niches of collecting, Japanese Spider-Man. And I will use any opportunity to play the Japanese Spider-Man theme as like the best Marvel opening music of all time. I still remember the look on somebody's face when this went off. It was my ringtone and I was in a meeting and some woman just whipped her head around like, what is hey, 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 wow. (laughs) But they're doing Japanese Spider-Man in Legends. I thought we'd have to have this just as the figure arts figure they did. Yeah. And to be honest with you, this looks just as good, if not 
better than the figure arts version. Like, I'm starting to get a little iffy on figure arts articulation points, especially on characters like Spider-Man, where it's nothing but a skin-tight suit and no clothed wrinkles to hide it. I love Marvel's articulation, and so I think this is going to be the one I get overall. And look, he's pinless. Mm-hmm. But that's so great with his wrist thingy. See, I thought I was so hipster because I went and I bought that 70s Leopoldin figure on eBay the that came with a tiny Spider-Man, the big robot Leopoldin, and mm-hmm. then they did the Hot Wheels Japanese Spider-Man and a Funko Pop and then the figure arts figure. And now here's Hasbro, though, just doing a gorgeous version of it and seeing it in figure form drives home the subtle differences that I don't pay attention to in a live action thing, like how the lines on the face are very different. Mm-hmm. And how it's very clear that it wasn't really an integrated suit that was all one piece. It's like, it's pretty apparent that he had on Spider-Man socks and blue pants. <laughs> <laughs> And that they talked about how, because they used rope in the show, all of his accessories are just straight white, no translucence. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is pretty exciting. Even the packaging. I, I'm not really still a fan of the plastic-free packaging, but I do like just the Japanese Spider-Man art in the background, and especially of the back of the card. Yep. And yeah, the plastic-free, everything we've seen so far has been Spider-Man related, so I don't, we don't even know what they might change up once they do an X-Men or, you know, something from the MCU. Like, is it always going to be a blue background or is that going to change? Who knows? I like, though, on the back, they're being very clear since you can't see the accessories. You get this figure and then a little plus sign, you get these accessories. Mm -hmm. And I think they're probably to scale. Otherwise, you would have kept that string in the box, right? (laughs) (laughs) Shown actual size. Then they keep going on the 20th, you know, they announced that more figure here in his Carlton dancing pose. <laughs> and I was like, you know, that's not the morph I wanted. All right, they're going to give me the morph I wanted. Admittedly, it's part of the animated line, but I think this is called the Shut Up Arnie release. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get the Jim Lee look of morph. Just, I mean... I know you're a fan of that show and all that stuff, but, like, to me, this is a dude in a, in a bomber jacket. Admittedly, but if you take a look at the legs, they did something new there. Those are not just the rubber straps that go around the legs. Those are, like, molded articulation points where the yellow is. Nice. Which means they have a makeup Cyclops coming soon, then. Mm-hmm. And notice, pinless. Yep. The thing is, I did want this in more of a comic-y style like the rest of the figures, and this is highly animated, especially that I'm evil, so therefore I don't get enough sleep bags under the eyes face. (laughs) Looks like Robbie Rotten. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm like, there's got to be a way. The regular head is close enough. But you see, I mean, especially the Wolverine, they've done the cell shading to such a degree on these figures that they wouldn't really fit in well. But I gotta think you could do a head swap, right? You could throw Morph on that Cyclops figure. I mean, yeah, Morph has the yellow chest and Cyclops has the blue chest, but you could maybe cut off that bandolier and... Yeah, I mean, to me, it all looks like parts for... uh a makeup cyclops here at some point so we don't have to worry about his straps falling to his knees and to his ankles yeah they always do plus that three pack look at the prices on that these days 
Yeah, I mean, it's an X-Men. It's a three-pack. You better believe it's going to be up there, especially with that Phoenix in there. Holy cow, that one was highly sought after. And the two heads. People want to kitbash the hell out of it. Yeah. And then, this is something I was so excited for. Of course, this is something I never would have asked for. They are thinking outside the box or outside the card on this one. In the retro line, a giant sentinel figure. (laughs) Five POA, but all awesome. That is like the best card back, I think, of the retro line so far. The art just really is great on that one. It's just huge. I mean, and you come with the different accessories, so you can have him doing the blast effect or the tentacle and even a battle-damaged head that just, I don't know, it kind of looks like some silver spray paint. (laughs) (laughs) Looks like some sculpting detail on there, like you're supposed to see some robotics under there. But again, this is supposed to be a throwback. Like, what if they made this in the 80s? And I think that's how they would have done it, you know? It's even less detailed than what Toy Biz did in the 90s. Yeah, the thing that I'm interested in finding out is, you know, now that it is bigger, we're getting closer to that, like, Titan hero size. So is it going to be built the same as the Titan hero? Is it going to be kind of that hollowy plastic? Or is it still going to be solid plastic like the smaller figures and Mm. be a nice, hefty, big figure? That is a very good question. I'm curious how big the card's going to be. Is it going to be, like, the kingpin size with the retro? Yeah, maybe even a little taller. It looks pretty big right next to that regular size one, doesn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I keep all of my small ones in figure shields and this big one. I'm like, can I use one of the retro ones? Am I just going to have to peg it on my wall with push pins? Right. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see this one in person. But of course, now that they have the form factor, I just see them doing the same thing, right? Do Let's do a Sentinel. Let's do a Galactus. They did it in the MU line. They did it with the Haslabs. I'm like, okay, I see a pattern coming. Yep, giant man in there. You know, you can they can keep that going for a while. And he's more than double the size of the regular figures. I mean, when they were doing the Instagram thing, Wolverine comes only up to just above his uh, moon boot. Mm-hmm. I love the moon boots. Those are the best. I really thought the big figure might be a chance for them to show off the plastic-free packaging, but nope, he's just on a big old card and blister. Yep. And then, this is weird to me. They have announced their summer convention exclusive, or at least a summer convention exclusive, which is the name for formerly known as the artist formerly known as a Comic-Con exclusive. (laughs) Yeah confusing as to what this is going to be exclusive to necessarily i mean i get that they were for a period pre-covid they'd go to comic-con but they'd also do european cons and give a chance for the exclusive overseas and that's cool i don't mind that but have i finished my san diego comic-con marvel Legends shopping do i not need to juggernaut the line on preview night at comic-con right i mean We were talking about this kind of offline. It's like, this may may very well be offered at at San Diego. And it's like, all right, well, if that's the case, then I guess we don't have to worry about it. We'll just have it shipped to us when it comes out. I've already pre-ordered it, and it is a really kick-ass mojo set, which is something else I've been bugging them for. We haven't had mojo since, like, one of the last waves of Toy Biz. Mm Mm-hmm. Hasbro has never done a mojo. I've been thinking it's been time for a mojo ever since they finally acquiesced and did a Modoc. <laughs> now it's like they did that and comes with a new Dazzler and a long shot. 
and a chibi wolverine. <laughs> chibi. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering what that wolverine is because we've not got anything like that before, right? Yeah, they call it a four-figure pack. I feel they're being generous. It's like three figures and then this wolverine icon chess piece. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all tied into the Mojo TV so it's I almost called it Cosbaby because that's what it feels like from the, what was it, <laughs> Hot Toys line that was doing that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just kid Wolverine animated style from that. But it's a cool little toss in, but it's it's not the reason why I'm getting this, obviously. It's, you know. <laughs> a listener can maybe point me to an issue where Mojo did this because Dwight, like, I'm not even going to go into Mojo capturing the X-Men and doing this and that with them. I'm like, did he ever turn them into little chess pieces? I don't know. (laughs) So if there's an issue that explains this Wolverine, I'd love to know it. But come on. they Admittedly, they had a Mojo in person, a prototype that wasn't finished being painted. But the packaging on this... I want to see it because it all comes in like a TV box, like an old TV. Remember, I'm imagining millennials maybe remember knobs and Zoomers have no clue why there would be knobs on a television, <laughs> let alone two of them. Why do you have one that's like 5, 10, 15, 20, all the way up to like 70 and the other one just stops at 13? <laughs> It's unrealistic because there's no bunny ears on top of that TV. No, but when I had cable as a kid, this is the TV we had. Yeah, but you had a cable box. We had an outside antenna, too, so that we used for UHF. True. You had to, like, go into a different room and turn a dial to point the antenna at the network you wanted. (laughs) But this packaging is really why it does feel like this would be right at home as a San Diego exclusive, right? It's this Mm -hmm. special packaging with extra effort put into it and a little remote and a VHS packaging to go alongside it. It's Yeah, that's not VHS. That's a TV guide, sir. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so used to the other ones being the VHS boxes. But yeah, TV guide. Another one for you millennials. <laughs> or Mojo World guide as it is here. But I love that. But I'm like, is Mojo going to be in pieces in the TV? And then I open the TV guide and that's where they've stuck Dazzler and Longshot. And I open the remote and that's where the Wolverine is. Because, I mean, obviously this is all cardboard, but how are they doing it? Right. It's literally the best packaging for an exclusive since the Book of Ashanti. Yeah, exactly. Which means we're not seeing the full thing yet because they're not going to send you three separate boxes in a box. There's some additional packaging to keep all these things together in one package that'll be cool. I figured these might be tucked into the TV. Oh, it's possible. Because they said the TV, and you can kind of see it in this picture, they called it a belly band. So that's what that's known as when you have the little thing that slides around the middle. So the TV has the belly band around it. So I'm thinking everything goes in there. Okay. And so in there, that's why I'm figuring you might put the figures in the other cardboard. That would make sense. But at any rate, it's cool looking. Oh, yeah. And Mojo himself is disgusting. I mean, with that tongue and those moobs. <laughs> he looks like he's melting. <laughs> <laughs> the double chin. You get two heads, one with the tongue and one just with an evil grin. Mm-hmm. Mojo's like the craziest freaking character. I just love Mojo. And these are all, I think, 3D rendered. And they did have a prototype on hand. But like when we get it in hand, these 
all of his legs are going to be fully articulated, which is, I mean, that right there takes it well above and beyond the Toy Biz version. Yeah, describing it, depending on how you count, Dwight said there's either three or six points of articulation because there's three joints in each, but they both bend and swivel. Ooh, nice. Which may be cool in theory, but maybe a nightmare to keep them all standing at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Joints get loose over time. But yeah, just the back of the box there, and the Dazzler, the long shot. The long shot's cool. I'm not sure that I needed a repaint of Dazzler in blue, but I can't wait to talk to the Hasbro guys, because I do have a thought about this Wolverine. So, Toy Biz right when they lost the license in 2006, had a number of toys designed and developed that never came out. But they had experimented with little, low to no articulation figure pack-ins with Dupe that came with Deadpool, Howard that came with Silver Surfer, because I was always like, what do Howard and Silver Surfer have in common? Those two, they don't really share a comic. I can't really think of too many crossovers with them. Why those? Well, it turned out they were going to try to move away from Build-A-Figure parts, and they had shown at Comic-Con 2006 a whole bunch of X-Men babies and Avengers babies and non-articulated figures they were going to start including with the figures. Uh-huh. Wow, why does 2006 Toy Biz stuff look like it's from... 35 years ago all of a sudden even though it's only like 16 years because it was 35 years ago oh holy cow it's the pixels the more the pixels the more the distance in time <laughs> but they had this picture here an action figure insider they were going to throw a throg figure in and just these little figures and you can see all the canceled stuff in the back like stuff that we'll never have <laughs> But I'm wondering if they're going to be moving back to attempting that, if they're bringing back these little non-articulated pack-ins for time to time, and the Wolverine is our first. Nice. Yeah, that that could be interesting. I mean, not, a, not at the expense of, in lieu of Build-A-Figure parts, but, you know, get them in, in exclusives and here and there, I'd be fine with that. But yeah, I mean, with all of these really cool announcements... I don't know what else I'm going to bug him about. Of course, other than the Watcher Build-A-Figure for the comic-accurate Watcher that I mentioned earlier and update that Dragon Man that Toy Biz did. That could be awesome. Beyonder, Mephisto, I'm tired of having the oversized Marvel Select in with my others. Spiral, and Aunt May. I mean, I'm not <laughs> the only one who's on this Aunt May bandwagon. There needs to be an Aunt May. A Fantastic Four outfit, She-Hulk, maybe. But you know what? I'll always have something to ask about until they finally break out that mold that they have sitting there and make Phoenix Force Cyclops. That one's still my grail. I'm not giving up hope on that. <laughs> and then the final thing for this show, Justin, have you ever wanted to see yourself in a spider outfit? Other than, you know, your cosplay at home <laughs> with a... <laughs> You know, we've we've been down this path a little bit in the past, but, you know, all the different things that they've, not necessarily Hasbro, but different companies have done in this arena, never really got me super excited, because what I collect is action figures. And to get a chance to do this in articulated form, I think it does excite me a little bit. Yeah, just to recap, from old shows we've done, there was the 3D plus me, 
where we were able to get Marjorie as Black Widow, me as Iron Man. We got all three of us, got ourselves as MODOK, and you can see the limitations of 3D printing back then. <laughs> well, and that was, I don't know, they have a weird, like, sandstone feel to them. Mm. They're not, like, plastic, but they're, like, this weird... It's resin out of a 3D printer, and that's why if you get a 3D printer and print stuff, you need to sand it. They didn't. They also sent me two MODOKs by mistake, so, hey... Bonus. (laughs) Bonus. <laughs> and then they did the superhero me where they were articulated, Justin. You could get yourself on a Titan hero. And you could put your arms up. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. But now you can get yourself on a Marvel Legends figure, a Black Series Star Wars, Power Rangers, Ghostbuster. I'm curious how long the production takes because those 3D plus me's took forever where they took so long. I thought we got ripped off. Here's what gets me is I'm guessing this was a leak. If you went to Hasbro's own page, you can Google it. If you go to Google and search for uh, selfie series, it gives you a link to Hasbro's own site where you can go to Hasbro Pulse Development. (laughs) So this, this still hasn't been officially announced? It has not. Oh, interesting. This is all leaks from when it was online for like an hour. I knew it was leaked, you know, previously, but I I guess I didn't pay attention and didn't realize it hadn't like caught up and announced it yet. So we, we still have questions about this that we probably can't answer yet as far as what the head sculpt qualities are going to be. If it's, you know, they have a certain amount of face shapes that they just print your face onto, or if they're actually going to do any... 3D printing and actually capture people's individual face shapes. But you can see that the price leaked at 60 bucks. Here's what gets me. There's exclusives. The Stormtrooper is a Best Buy exclusive and the Mandalorian is a Walgreens exclusive. Yeah, what does that mean? Like order from their website and order through them? They come in boxes. I was thinking that it's a mail order and they mail it to you with the head on the figure. Do you maybe buy a headless figure? And then mail it to them with photos? I'm thinking you'd have to be 3D scanned. Are they going to put 3D kiosks in? Like, rip out all those? You don't need to know what your blood pressure is. Get rid of those out of Walgreens and put in a head scanning kiosk. <laughs> well, there there are apps that do this now, you know? So maybe it's going to be part of the Hasbro Pulse app, you know, where they actually have the scanning technology. And you can order directly through there. But yeah, the exclusive thing confuses me. Are they going to have this... So you can buy any of these on Best Buy, but only at Best Buy can you get the Stormtrooper option. Are they going to geolocate if it's in the Hasbro Pulse app? You must be in a Best Buy. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All interesting questions that no answers to yet. I do hope it is a kiosk or something. I hope it's not just a selfie. Like, I could take pictures off Facebook and make creepy voodoo dolls of all my friends. <laughs> I think it's going to be more involved than that. I think you're going to have to do, like, a full, like, 360 on your head with the with the app. What I like, though, is, I mean, look at the Power Ranger with the long hair. It looks like the one thing that they lacked doing before was a lot of hair stuff. And so a lot of times it didn't look like you because it was your face, but with totally different hair. And so it wasn't quite right. They are 60 bucks, which, you know, give it three months. And that's what a Legends will be in price. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'll say here is I'm very interested in this, but... I have questions like that we brought up here, like how customizable is it? How much is it going to actually look like us? Arnie brought up the hair. 
are we going to be able to actually get our hair scanned in? Or are they just going to be like, here, choose head type four and pick your skin tone and your hair and send in your, your scan files? Yeah, because some of that hair looks overly sculpted. Again, I look at the females, the X-Wing pilot, the pink Power Ranger. That is so detailed of hair. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's something like... So the head, you know, it sits on a ball joint, but then the hair is also jointed and like, it's your face, but then they can different hair. Like the Playmobil people, is that the people that you can... Or Lego even, yeah. Yeah, Lego people where you can just go, and then you've got the long hair, short hair, whatever you want. I don't know how this is going to work. I'm just guessing. That's just it. Got questions. And hopefully they have a whole section of Q&As when they finally officially announce this. Well, if it's self-photos, that's a little nerve-wracking, too, because you've seen the people that do, like, the weird panoramic photos with their iPhone and end up, like, dogs that are, like, shaped (laughs) like L's. I mean, the (laughs) propensity to screw this up is really high if you're taking the photos yourself. And you're getting up looking, like, you know, with an eyeball on your, and where your nose should be in a Picasso painting. Everybody ends up looking like Sloth from Goonies. Yeah. (laughs) I do love that on the packaging, they promote plastic-free packaging, except tape and glue. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if there's one place to do plastic-free packaging, here you go. You know, it's going to have something with a slip sleeve on it, and it's going to be a -a one-of-a-kind for that person. And if they want to display it in the box, take the slip sleeve off, there you go. You know, when I'm looking at the box, it does say on the side, only on Hasbro Pulse. Interesting. Yeah, I... That, that, that exclusive thing is a mystery, and it could just be some sort of, I, I don't know, Arnie, you're more of a programmer than me. Maybe they're just placeholders for some other type of exclusive, and they used places rather than, you know, exclusive to January, exclusive to the month of July. Very well could be. I know I'd use graphics like that and then just replace the graphics later. Yeah. It looks fun, though. I do think that this will be a big Comic-Con reveal, because that way they'd be able to reveal it across all their lines at once in the Hasbro booth on preview night and not save it where, you know, the Star Wars team is revealing it, then the G.I. Joe team is revealing it, then the Hasbro team is revealing it. If you do it all at once on preview night, and then each brand can bring it up in their panel at Comic-Con. Yeah, because like you said, it's it's brand-wide and... We'll have to see how it goes from there. And if it goes well, you know, maybe this time next year we can do, you know, customize My Little Pony heads for ourselves. You've always wanted to be a pony. I don't even know enough about My Little Ponies to make an appropriate joke about it. I was like, yeah, I'm a total, but I don't even know the names of any of the characters. (laughs) I know there's, no, that's, no, no, that's not. I know Care Bears more than I know My Little Pony. (laughs) Rainbow Dash. That's a pony. Nice. I got one. (laughs) But, you know, we're talking about Comic-Con. We are going to be at San Diego Comic-Con. Woohoo! Masked up, baby! Yeah, we're... Justin, I'm gonna have to look to you. We need to get some, like, Marvelicious logo masks. Yeah, I'll have to... I mean, there's plenty of places to do it online. It's just a matter of, (laughs) can you tell the quality of the mask before you order it? I don't want to wear a mask and get COVID, you know, at the same time. (laughs) But... We're going to be there the entire time again. It's the first real San Diego Comic-Con. I don't really count that nobody went to it November thing, but it'll be the first real San Diego Comic-Con since 2019. Holy cow. I have a feeling it's going to be jam-packed with people who are just 
the hunger is there. They haven't been able to go in three years. Everybody's gonna go. Mm-hmm. And I feel like everybody's gonna be a little bit rusty too. Like it used to be like clockwork. And now it's like, like you said, it's been this long. Are we gonna remember how to do it? Like where is this place even? What if they change the convention center? Yeah. What if they what if they brought back pretzel dogs? That would be amazing. <laughs> I'd unmask for that. <laughs> But yeah, we will be there giving coverage of all the toys that are revealed at the show. And if you're going to Comic-Con, hopefully we'll see you on the floor and say hi. But that'll be our next show, is looking forward to Comic-Con. Will more exclusives be announced, or is it just Mojo? Are we are we done? <laughs> yeah, I mean, normal years I would have said, ah, there's obviously more coming, but we're still dealing with covid and shipment slowdowns and stuff so nothing will surprise me they could have three or four things to surprise us or they could have nothing else and it wouldn't surprise me so we'll talk all that and more on the next marvelicious toys thank you for listening to this episode of marvelicious toys there's even more marvelicious content at our website marveliciousToys.com. You can see pictures of the products we discussed, find checklists for collectibles, and read articles on Marvel movies, comics, and collecting. It's all at MarveliciousToys.com. You can also help out our show by telling your friends to listen by posting on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or in person. We would also greatly appreciate a five-star review written on iTunes. A link to our iTunes feed is at MarveliciousToys.com. We want your feedback. You can email us at show at MarveliciousToys.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Find all those links at our website. If you want to hear reviews of every movie ever based on Marvel Comics, check out those reviews and hundreds more on the Now Playing Podcast at NowPlayingPodcast.com. Marvelicious Toys is produced and edited by Arnie Carvalho. Video editing by Andrew. Graphic design by Justin. Photo editing by Jeff and Curtis. Announcements by Brock. Marvel Comics and all of the Marvel Multiverse contains are the intellectual property of Marvel Entertainment Incorporated, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company, and no infringement is intended. Marvelicious Toys is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2022, all rights reserved. And no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. Yeah, it very much feels like we're still in the throwing spaghetti at the wall phase of this next phase and seeing what sticks. Marjorie hates that when I use it to see if it's done. <laughs> she thinks you should it? just psychically know if spaghetti is done. I psychically know when it's done. I don't need to set a timer or throw it against the wall. <laughs> but yeah, Come over to my I, place I, when I was in college, all these little like noodle marks on the wall. <laughs> that's art, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so maybe it's going to be part of the Hasbro pulp. Hasbro Pulse app. Hasbro Pulp. <laughs> <laughs>